The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. While Pastor Rick is on vacation, our youth pastor, Pastor Shane DeLisi, will be sharing from the Word of God in 1 John and Acts chapter 2 in a sermon he's entitled, Sharing a Common Life. Let's join Shane now as he brings us the Word of God. Well, I have the privilege this morning of being here and uh, sharing the Word of God with you and want to be mindful, very mindful of us that we're praying for Pastor Rick as he is in Colorado with Lucy and uh, kind of a working vacation for them uh, where they get to go to some doctor's offices and poked and prodded, I'm sure, and just working through some of those things to get to visit some family. Uh, but be praying for him and Lucy as they'll return home this Wednesday. Um, just be praying for them in their time away. But it's a privilege to bring God's Word uh, to you this morning. Um, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Shane. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Rancho Baptist Church and oversee missions. Um, my family and I have had the blessing and privilege of being here at Rancho Baptist for a little over 11 years now. We love Rancho Baptist Church. We don't love the buildings necessarily. We love the people. We love the church. And so um, we are blessed to be here with you guys. And this morning I'm going to share from God's Word uh, just what true community looks like in the church. What, is, what does true community look like in God's church? Um, what does true fellowship look like? But first, I want to share with you a little bit about my family and our summer that we've had a little bit. Uh, started off with us cruising to Michigan, visiting my grandma, the kids' great-grandma that they have never met before. And it was a blessing um, speaking of relationships, and I'm sure we enjoy relationships. I hope you do. That's how God created us, to enjoy relationships. But uh, one of I used to go to Michigan. That's where my grandma's from, uh, Livonia, suburbs of Detroit. Uh, every summer growing up for about a month, month and a half, my parents would send myself and my sister and even my younger brother off, and we would enjoy our time with grandma and grandpa. Some of my dearest memories with my grandma would be sitting on her bed at night, She's a night owl. I appreciate that about my grandma. Uh, she is 89 and stays up till about midnight or 1 in the morning. But one of the things I appreciate about her is that we could, we could just sit on her bed and talk life together. Um, even 10 years since I've seen her, we visited in June. Guess what Katie and I were able to do in the evenings with my grandma at her house is sit on her bed at night and enjoy some time with my grandma. And... Uh, mm. My grandma comes from, it's funny what she says sometimes, but she comes from a very heavy Catholic background. My aunts and uncles who are there. Um, and it's interesting, a fun little story. We get there and my grandma's like, so I, I have a church maybe that you guys would like. You know, she knows what I do, what, the church I'm at here. And, and uh, I said, well, we picked a church too. You go first. And she actually picked the church that we wanted to go to. And uh, so her and my Aunt Julie... Uh, who had a ton of questions. We all went to church together on that Sunday, Berean Baptist Church in Livonia, Michigan. pastor was awesome, just a great family, similar to what we have here and experience, the joy of church life. But we got to enjoy that time. Um, one of our favorite places to eat is Chick-fil-A. We drove, drove uh, from Michigan through Ohio to visit the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. Uh, we got to see that live replica of the Ark. But then we, we went over to St. Louis, stopped for some... Chick-fil-A on the way to Danny and Sandy Dubs' house. They, San, Danny and Sandy Dubs, um, 
were part of Rancho Baptist Church in the past, and uh, we were going to celebrate their son who was getting married, Luke. And so we brought Danny to Chick-fil-A Sandwiches, enjoyed that time to him, because it's about an hour and, away from Saint, hour and a half away from St. Louis. This is my wife and I. Uh, we just now celebrated 14 years of marriage, August 9th. I'm stoked on that. And um, I have a beautiful wife. And a lot of you guys remind me of how lucky and special I am, and I, I just have to go, yes, I am. Um, this is a wedding day. Uh, we got to spend with them, our beautiful family and kiddos growing up. Um, my son reminds me that I'm almost to your shoulder, Dad, daily. And uh, keep on trying to push him down a little bit. This is our last night before we uh, left St. Louis back home here in Southern California. And summer's been great. Uh, God revitalizing my heart for ministry, to be honest with you. Um, just, you know, coming alongside high school and junior high students. But also even more than that, coming alongside you guys as families within the church. I love um, church life and family. So um, thank you for that. Thanks for, I just want to say thank you for loving my family well. That does not go um, unnoticed by us. And uh, we are very, 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 very grateful uh, to have a church family like you uh, to love us. So, uh, Let me pray for us this morning as we open up God's word. We're going to be turning to 1 John chapter 1, but... Let me just pray that the words that we go through this morning um, would definitely hit our hearts in such a way that we'll act upon them with willful obedience out of a great love for God this morning. That would be my prayer. And some of what we're going through this morning comes out of a book that I've enjoyed this summer, uh, True Community by Jerry Bridges. Just to give you a little heads up, it's a great book just on our community as a church. Let me pray for us and then we'll jump into the Word. Father, we need you this morning. We love you so much just that we can even approach your throne of grace with boldness and confidence this morning. Thanking you so much for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, would you stir us up to love and good works this morning? Would you stir us up to love one another genuinely from the heart? Father, first, would you stir us up to love you more? May we walk away from this place not just hearing the word, but being doers of the word, Lord. May we walk in willful obedience out of a great love for you to please you with our lives. Father, do that for your glory and for your praise. And would you just, in the power of your Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Lead us and guide us. In Christ's name, amen. The title of the sermon this morning is Sharing a Common Life. And uh, you'll hear that a lot this morning. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. As we look on in God's Word together. This has been a big theme on my heart lately, is that we, I believe we do church well, but I don't think we do church right. I think we do church well as attending, I don't think we do church well as in relationships. I think we can do much, much, much better. Speaking to me first though, okay? Speaking to me first. We're in 1 John chapter 1, look at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us, Jesus Christ, he's speaking of here. 
He says here in verse 3, What we have seen and heard, we declare to you, so that you and we together may share in a common life. That life which we share with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And some of your other translations this morning might say fellowship. Fellowship has been so tossed around though, we'll talk about it as just an activity that we do as Christians. There's so much more depth to the word fellowship into the Greek word koinonia that we'll see this morning. But we want to talk about the shared common life that we have as believers. We're going to be focusing this morning on what a true community looks like in God's church. And the word community is used for a variety of different purposes. It could be a farming community, you know. I even talk with some of you, you're like, yeah, we're from Iowa, we grew up on the farm, and I'm like, I know nothing of farm life. But you would be involved in that community, a farming community. Or maybe some of you who are uber, super smart, you're just in an academic community, right? You're a part of an academic community. For me, my heritage as Italian, we'd be involved, a part of an Italian community, right? With even ethnicity. Um, and so those communities, they, they share something in common. And in recent years, many Christians have begun to emphasize the importance of community, which I'm grateful for within the church. This is a, it's a much needed corrective in, in such a society and culture, that individualistic culture of America that we live. We want to get back to see the community that, community that we have in the body of Christ. And so that's, that's very important for us. Some people think they can do uh, this Christian life alone, right? In this individualistic culture. They think that they can do church from home. Uh, God did not intend it to be that way. And so it's pretty amazing. This is God's best for His church to live life together through thick and thin. That means you're going to rub each other the wrong way at times. That means you're going to show one another grace and forgiveness and love to one another. Because why? Because we're going through thick and thin. We've gone through a lot together this past year. Through thick and thin, we go through hard times. I'm praying that through that, God is constructing and even deepening our intimacy with Him but also with one another in the body here in community. So we're going to be talking about that this morning. Speaking of those who want to do church on their own, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. How are you to do that when you're looking at a pastor on the screen? How? At home, on the internet. Not neglecting to meet together. That's pretty self-explanatory. As is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, the day of Jesus Christ drawing near in His second coming. More and more... We need to be coming together, encouraging one another as a community of believers. That is so important for us as we're sharing this common life. But it raises the question, what does biblical community look like? That's what we want to look at this morning. We look at the Greek word koinonia. Have you guys heard that word koinonia? That it means fellowship. And it could also mean participation. There's a partnership going on. We're sharing life together. We're, we're our paths are crossing a lot. You don't just know people's names. You actually know what's going on in their life. You know when people are gone. You know when people are back from a trip. You know what's going on. And it's this, it's this fellowship growing on. And, and in our Christian circles, the word fellowship has come to mean um, nothing more than a social gathering or activity. Get that out of your mind. It's a loving community of believers coming together to meet one another's needs in such a deep and rich way in the body of Christ. And to, and to some of us, church has become more of an elective in life. It's something I, ch- I guess is, is an elective. 
It's just something I do. It's not life itself. And yet, when we go to Scripture, Scripture is very clear that Christ, who is your life. In Colossians 3, the Apostle Paul talks about that. Christ now, who is your life. He's not an elective. He's not just part of your life. He is your life. And you recognize, too, that we've been bought at a high price by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we've been adopted as sons and daughters to live within a biblical community of believers. It's huge. So the first occurrence of the word fellowship in the New Testament occurs in Luke's account of the beginning of the New Testament church on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. Acts 2.42 says this, And they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And we're not surprised when we see scripture like this that They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? We're not surprised about that, or to prayer, but to fellowship, because it would seem, at first, you're like, fellowship? Isn't that kind of assumed here, that they just got together and they did stuff, right? He says, no, it's because fellowship is way more than just social activity. Fellowship is way more than just activity, things that we see in our bulletin every Sunday and go, here's what's going on in church life. We want to be seeing things way different. When you look at your bulletin, you want to say, wow, how can I get together with God's church so that we can love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, pour into one another? That's what these activities represent. They're not just activities that we have a bulletin and go, hey, that's church activities. We want to be seeing what, as we gather together as a church, we love one another. We're experiencing true community together. 1 John 1.3 says it again. What we have seen and heard, we declare to you so that you and we together may share in a common life. That life which we share with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And in both Acts 2.42 and John 1.3, the New English translation translate this word koinonia as a shared common life. Are we sharing life together? Are we rejoicing with one another? Are we coming alongside and mourning with one another? If, if a part of the body is suffering, are we going to go suffer with them? If a part of the body is rejoicing, are we going to go rejoice with them? Be in part and get messy and with one another's lives? I say messy in a good way. Being involved in one another's lives. But first, you see here in 1 John 1, 3, it says, that life which we share first with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. You are not part of a biblical community unless you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Jesus said it Himself in John 17, 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God. Do you see that relationship there? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You must have that relationship with Jesus Christ first and foremost. Or else... This, you're, you're not a part of a biblical community. You're not a part of the family of God. You, you recognize, just as we sing this morning, that we serve a holy God. Holy God who is perfect and righteous and just in all His ways. He does whatever He pleases. And whatever He pleases to do is good and perfect all the time. And we approach Him and we recognize that He is perfect and holy and that we deserve hell because of our sin. And yet, because of His awesome, amazing grace, He had sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us, raise Him from the dead that we sang about this morning, 
so that we would walk now in newness of life. Now a part of this body of believers adopted as sons and daughters into His family by nothing you could do. Nothing I could do. But God says, I've adopted you into My family through the blood of My Son. And that is your lifeline. My Son, Jesus Christ, alone for salvation. That is how you can enter in and be a part of God's body, the fellowship and community of believers. You are not part of God's church unless you have repented of your sins and put your faith in Christ and Him and Him alone. R.C. Lucas says this, The chief business of the Christian is to maintain his relationship with Christ. That relationship comes first above all relationships. When this relationship is unsatisfactory, the other relationships of life cannot succeed. So as a church body, we need to make sure that our community fellowship with God, first and foremost, is intact. Then our relationships with one another will succeed. They will be that true body, community of believers together. And that is huge for us as Christians in God's church. But what is meant by this relationship? Even in Acts 2, they were devoting themselves to relationships. They weren't devoting themselves to social activities. I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm just saying that the first and foremost thing they were devoting themselves to were relationships with one another. They, they met the needs of one another. They shared life together. That's what needs to be happening here in God's church. They were living stones being built into a spiritual house. As 1 Peter 2.5 says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. It's all about this body and community of believers as Christians. We are not only a spiritual house, though, but a body of believers. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 this morning, verse 3. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, pursuing the Lord together, loving one another well. I hope that's true of you and me. Supporting one another and forgiving each other as God has forgiven us. We'll talk about those things later. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Speaking of this body of believers that we have been called to by the grace of God. Look at verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. We'll talk about that later. That's pride right there. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Look at verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. 
and seek to show hospitality. Man, may that be true of us. 1 Peter 4, 7-10 through says this, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. A man, William Hendrickson, said this. Oh, there it is, second part. Koinonia, then, is basically a community relationship. It is not primarily an activity. It's a relationship. How are you doing with your relationships at at RBC? You don't have to say it out loud right now. I, I would expect high school students, too, in the youth room, but not you. Think about that, though. How are your relationships going here at Rancho Baptist Church? Be thinking about that. It's a spiritually organic relationship that forms the basis of true biblical community within God's church. It's not the fact that we are united in common goals or purposes that makes us a community. It is the fact that we share a common life in Christ. May those words become so beautiful to you. In Christ. That we share this common bond in Christ. And what does it mean? that we are in Christ. I'm just going to share a couple verses that even were on my mind this morning, adding a little bit to this sermon. Colossians 3, verse 3 says this, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You are now in Christ. You have died. Daily, we wake up and we go, Lord, I remember your word. I have died. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who now lives through me. Daily, if you're waking up, let me just tell you, it's a very healthy thing to go, Lord, let me be reminded, I'm in Christ, I have died. That's a good thing. Very, very good thing in, in the body, in the community. Galatians 3 26 and 28 says this. If you guys want to write these verses down, look at look them up during the week, please. Um Galatians 3:26 For in Christ Jesus you are all you are all sons of God through faith for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ we we put on Christ we are now in Christ that is the basis for us as a community of believers That's what we look to, say, yes, we are in Christ together. Not only do we share in relationship, though, now, now we share in partnership with one another. We are partners in Christ. And we see this in the spiritual realm. Paul regarded himself as a partner with his dear brother, Timothy, as he writes to the Philippian church. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. We recognize that we're a part of this biblical community, this sharing a common life together, and yet now we're partners in Christ. Everything is in Christ. Do you guys know that? If you say, no, I have this, and without the words in Christ, with anything to do with your salvation or anything to do with church, You're taking credit for it. No credit goes to you. No credit goes to me for all that we experience in Christ's church. 
They should always, those words should always follow. Oh wait, I got to spend time with my friends at church in Christ. Because only through Him can you ever experience anything good in His church. Amen? It's huge. I mean, if we see things like that, we are partners together. So this concept of fellowship as a spiritual partnership is is firmly embedded in the New Testament use of the word koinonia, this partnership together. Look around. I mean, this is our body. This is God's body, the church that He's brought together. This is our community of believers. Are you loving one another well? Are we recognizing that we are partners together for the gospel? And it's huge for us. Um, The second primary meaning of the New Testament koinonia word is actually sharing with others uh, what we have. Sharing with others what we have. So not only are we in this relationship with the Lord, now we're brought into a family because we're sons and daughters in God's family, adopted. Now God says, now I want you to share with one another. First of all, God wants us to share our own lives and the work that God is doing in and through us with one another. That is huge for us. That's, that's this word communing. We're communing with one another. And this word communion here means communicating intimately or sharing with one another on a close, personal, and spiritual level. When's the last time you've experienced that in the church? Not necessarily here, but with other believers. It may, it may be a, a mutual sharing among believers of what God has taught them from the Scriptures, or it may be a word of encouragement for one another. When's the last time you encouraged someone here at Rancho Baptist Church? We're so quick to judge. We're so quick to be like, just, oh, that rubbed me the wrong way. When's the last time some good, good godly encouragement came out, came out of your mouth towards another brother or sister in Christ. Because the grace that God has extended to you, you're being gracious with them and you're building them up and encouraging them in Christ. That is huge for us. That is huge. J.I. Packer says this, It is first a sharing with our fellow believers the things that God has made known to us about Himself in hope that we may thus help them to know Him better and so enrich their fellowship with Him. That means, guys, how's your relationship with God going? As we're spending time with Him, not that you always just want to, I'm spending time with God just so I can bring something to the body. No, I'm spending time with the Lord and out of that relationship with Him, I have something now, yeah, out of the over, I heard overflow. It's good. Out of that overflow of your relationship, now you're pouring on into others. That is huge for us. Sharing with one another. This is fellowship. Sharing with one another what God is teaching through the Scriptures. And this is an important part of true community. Getting beyond the, okay, we always talk about that, or surfacey things. Sometimes those surfacey things lead to deeper conversations, right? You're connecting natural to the spiritual now. Let's go a little deeper in our walk and relationship with each other. But those things should be happening. It's a part of true community. Sharing with one another the mighty works of, of our great God. Psalm 71.15 My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Are you telling people what God is doing, how He's working, of His salvation? This is how He's been working in my family. Here's what He's been doing in my own heart. Psalm 145.4 One generation shall commend your works to another 
and shall declare your mighty acts. Guys, that's a, that's a building up of the body here and of encouragement to say, here's how God's working. I'm going through some really hard times and you have the opportunity to pray for that person right then and there. That's this true biblical community that we're talking about this morning. But also, share what the Lord is doing with those who watch over your souls. One who is taught the Word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Share with Pastor Rick how, you know, how you've been growing and working in your own... God has been working in your relationship with the Lord and your family. Share with myself. I'd love to hear what God's doing in your guys' lives. Love to hear that. But that's a part of the community as well. Those who are teaching you, you share all good things with the one who teaches. I mean, love it. What God is doing. This has been huge in my own marriage this past year. Um, being, I've been very, very challenged to now open up and be vulnerable to share what God is doing in my own heart. Maybe that doesn't come natural to us men as much as you ladies, sisters in Christ. Um, but it's been something that God has been really challenging my heart in. You can ask Katie about this. She will uh, let you know. Uh, even over the past year, learning, God crushing my pride, learning how to be vulnerable and open within my own marriage uh, so that now I can learn, even in a safe place in my marriage relationship, now God growing me, with the, even with you guys, within the body. And so that's been huge. Learning how to trust people with your heart. Learning how to say, hey, I'm going to share this. Is this a safe place for, for you to... But I'm going to share. I'm going to share what God is doing. I'm going to share those, those hard things that are going on. Uh, I don't know about you. That just does not come natural to me. Um, but God has been crushing me in a good way. Uh, transforming me into his likeness that I would be vulnerable and open even in my marriage. Let that be something that maybe God is doing within you as well. God needs to be humbling us, right? To do that work that he needs to do in our hearts so that he will transform us. These things that we're talking about this morning cannot just walk out the door and go, "Mm, I'm going to try to be a better Christian and better brother in Christ. I'm going to try to make this a good community here at Rancho Baptist Church. I'm in a biblical community. Come on, let's go. You know what? You know what? How that community is going to grow is when you meet with him in the morning, flat on your face. I died to myself, Lord. It's all about you. Humble me. Life is not about me. It's all about you. Now, now you're ready to come by the power of the Holy Spirit to experience biblical community within the body. Because you're giving. (laughs) You're giving. You're saying, Lord, I'm an active partner in this community. I'm giving of myself. And it's likewise, we're receiving from others as well. It's huge. Huge. And we need to be praying for this for our church, for our community here. Um, And even before we go on, I'm going to pray right now for us. All right? So let's bow our heads. Father, we've been talking about the true community this morning and it's so good to talk with you, Father, because this is your word. We need your power and your strength to do the things that you call us to do, Lord. And that comes from total surrender. Uh, Father, a getting over ourselves daily, Lord. But Father, these things this morning, Lord, we desire to have within the church body here even more and more and more, Father. So, Father, teach us what that looks like. Crush our pride this morning. Carry us along in such a way that we are truly caring for one another in this biblical community, Father. Would you do that for your glory and for your praise? Lord, continue to lead us and guide us in these ways, Lord. We don't know how to do it without you. 
And apart from you, we can do absolutely nothing, Father. Remind us of that as we continue to end our time this morning, Father. Move in our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. Another, another part of, of true biblical koinonia fellowship within the body is not only sharing spiritual things of what God has done and being encouragement to one another and sharing with one another what God is doing, but it's also sharing material possessions. You see that in, the, in, in Acts, the early church, and all who believed were together. It's an important thing. And had all things in common. The most important thing they had in common was Christ. That's the foundation of our biblical community. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. It's pretty amazing what God was doing. We have a giving church. I want to commend you for that. We, we have a giving church. Elder Care Fund, first Sunday of every month that goes out to meet the needs of those who are hurting within the body, those who come off the streets um, and seek assistance. You guys, I hear things flowing through the body at times that you guys always don't get the privilege, but you need to hear about them, where people go, hey, can you just give this envelope to this person? Do not tell them who it's from, but can you, can you give this to this person? I'm like, sure. That's awesome! You know, I'm thinking, here you go. They're like, who is it from? I'm like, I don't care. I can't tell you anyways, but here you go. And they're like, wow, God's good. You know, just a giving church to missions work, to the, to the body, to the needs, but let's increase it more and more and more. Let's keep on doing that more. Romans 12, 13 contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. God's calling us to this. 2 Corinthians 9.13 By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. And then Hebrews 13.16 Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. I long to be pleasing to Him. Lord, what's one way I can do that? Well, I can share with what I have. We're such in our individualistic culture. Ah, keep what I have. You can't have. How about you buy it yourself? Or you see other people that have things that you think you need or want, and you're like, well, instead of asking them to borrow it, well, I'm going to buy one too. Because it's all about my little kingdom over here. That's totally not what God says. Can I just put Powell's on the spot? Just a funny little thing. Every time we go camping, uh, I, I've been debating on buying like a generator, right? A Honda generator, just because those are, I hear are the best. And, uh, but every time we go camping, I'm like, man, we only go camping, what, three, four times at the most a year? And, or, you know, just to get out. And we love having a generator. But I'm like, I don't need to buy one. I mean, they're so gracious with us too. But Brandon and Allison, they have one. And guess what? They let us use it. And then we borrow it. And then it's awesome. And then I give it back. I still have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have to give it. But we, but we just share things. And, I, and, I, and that's just a small way. But I think that we need to be just saying, hey, you know what? I don't have to have that just to, now I have it. But how can we be involved in each other's life? It's such a minuscule way. But I think it's just sharing life together, right? It's, it's calling one another up and saying, hey, can I borrow that? Or well, I don't know, whatever. Um. And ultimately, our aim is to please God. You guys getting that this this morning, though? True community. Maybe beating it over, you know, beating a dead horse here, but hopefully it's not dead. But Acts twenty thirty five says this, It is more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, that's, that's our words from Jesus Christ, right? I mean, it's way more blessed, than, blessed to give than to receive. We, so we can see these concepts of community. I pray that this is happening here with our church. I want to just end on this. Uh, what's the threat to true biblical community? 
what what threatens true biblical community, what stifles and what hinders true community within the church? Pride. Pride and selfishness. Ego. Um, unconfessed sin. Lack of forgiveness. Holding grudges. That stifles and it threatens the true biblical community relationship that God desires for us to have as His church. So part of that, this week, some of our homework is to be reading through, well, before we get there, let me share with you a quote from Stuart Scott, um, a biblical counselor. He says, It is probably safe to say that humility, which is totally opposite of pride, is one character quality that will enable us to be all Christ wants us to be. You want to be all Christ wants you to be? Be humble. Seek humility. He says, we cannot come to God without it. We cannot love God supremely without it, speaking of humility. We cannot be an effective witness for Christ without it. We cannot love and serve others without it. We cannot lead in a godly way without it. We cannot communicate properly without it. We cannot resolve conflict without it. We cannot deal with the sin of others rightly without it. We especially cannot resist sin without it. In short, we must embrace and live out humility in order to truly live and be who God means for us to be. Not back there. Good. All right? Pride is the barrier to true community. So this week, homework. Write this down. Read Philippians 2, 1 through 11 each morning, each day. Why? Because in Philippians 2, it talks about a being of the same mind, being of the same love. And then it talks about looking out for others' interests before your own. And then it talks about, yeah, don't only look to your own interests. Look out for the interests of others. Looking out for one another. And then it goes through, humble yourself, as even Christ humbled Himself to the point of death, death on a cross. And be praying for your church family here that this is something that God will be stirring in us that we would be experiencing more and more and more. It's not going to be a light switch change. It's going to be a slow brew of God crushing our pride. We're walking in humility and we're longing for true community. Be praying for your elders and pastors that God humbles us. We need to be walking in humility. May we be humble with each other, vulnerable and open. I added that. And safe to share our common lives with each other in a deep, and meaningful way, a way that honors our God and King. So we're going to be reading that. And Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says this, I urge, I, there, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's huge. Here's some just quotes as we end our time. Community exists when we're willing to get dirty, do ugly, and stay in the mess. Relationships, right? They're, they're dirty, ugly, messy at times, in good ways. Good ways. Practice of true community involves responsibilities and actions that do not come naturally to us. That's why we need the Lord every day. That's why every morning you wake up going, Lord, I got nothing. Without you, I can do nothing, and I'm dead. I'm alive in Christ. Would you now power, empower me to live for Christ? Let's stand this morning. Just a quick benediction as we read Colossians 2, 6-7. through 7. As we take, prepare our hearts for offering and continue to end in one last song here of praise to our Lord. Colossians 2, 
just as we go with the Lord and hopefully encourage one another and this morning, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love Your Word because it's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Lord, we stumble and fall when we try to do life on our own. And Father, if we're true with our own hearts, we try to do that often. We recognize again this morning that apart from You, we can do absolutely nothing. Father, Lord, even as we think about what true community looks like this week, would You humble us? Would You crush our pride? Would we be reminded again this morning that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance as we're repenting and turning from our prideful ways and our selfishness? Lord, maybe some of us even a lack of unforgiveness, Lord. Father, maybe some of us are dealing with jealousy and envy within the body. Lord, maybe there are broken relationships that need mending. Would you give us humility, Lord, to approach these things with grace. May we be a people who are gracious, Lord, with one another, tolerating one another, Lord, and forgiving one another as You so graciously in Christ have forgiven us. May we be walking in Him this week, rooted and grounded and established in our faith and overflowing with thanksgiving, Father, for the body and the community that You've called us into through the blood of Your Son, Jesus Christ. May we be looking for ways to build up and to encourage the body here that we are a member of. Lord, would you do this for your glory and for your praise? Would you be high and lifted up? And would you bless the body here at Rancho Baptist Church? In Christ's name, amen. You guys can be seated. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.com. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org Have a great day in the Lord and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.